Welcome to Tell Me More About Co-housing with Lynn Morstead and Kelly Soika. Co-housing Houston is a multi-generational, community-minded group of people who share the values of connection and sustainability. We have actually broken ground now on the first co-housing project in Texas, in Houston, and even ahead of Austin. And this morning, it's actually just Lynn by her lonesome because Kelly, oh, wait a minute. I think Kelly may be actually dialing in. So I can do my usual, hello, Kelly. Hello, Kelly. <laughs> Hello. She's just flying in at the last minute. So that's great. Well, welcome, Kelly. And we have a very special guest here today, Nancy Real. So welcome, Nancy. Thank you. And Nancy, Nancy is um, a very passionate uh, future co-houser. I'm going to describe her like that. She's on a a wandering journey across the United States to explore co-housing and visit co-housing. And I first heard from her um, through email, phone, and text, and I don't even know what else because she was just hitting us up on all channels to see what how we reacted. And we ended up in a phone call and her saying, hey, I'd really like to come visit your project. I've got this thing going on. And we said, well, we're, we're happy to meet with you, but we don't really have much to show other than a plot of land with an ugly building that's going to be torn down on it. So we agreed to meet up uh, early January and we had such a fun time just bouncing around all kinds of great ideas, things she's learned. Uh, Kelly was able to join us. We had this great, highly caffeinated and excitedly fueled uh, coffee morning over in our future neighborhood. And at the end of it, we agreed that Nancy would come back in a couple of months and tell us what has been happening. So I want to welcome Nancy. And um, I'm going to ask Nancy to, first of all, tell us how she got this journey on the road and to tell us what her special name is for herself. Well, hello again. I'm, I'm glad that we're able to uh, get together a, a month later and continue our, uh, our uh, zippy conversation. It was so much fun um, when I was in Houston. Um, so I am on a nine month urban intergenerational co-housing walkabout. Um, checking out noteworthy um, urban intergenerational co-housing communities around the country. Um, this has really zigged and zagged because of COVID. Um, mm -hmm. My original plan uh, was to, um, I had seven communities lined up, um, kind of all the ways that urban intergenerational co-housing can be done. Um, you know, or, um, industrial rehab, uh, retrofit neighborhoods, which for those of you who don't know, are um, when a, a block of houses is built, is bought up, and then the interior, the backyards dissolved for the interior courtyard. Mm. Um, and then uh, lastly, urban infill, um, new build, which yours is. Um, so I um, had these uh, six, and six, I'm based in the Bay Area, uh, West Oakland, and um, six of them were in the Bay Area. A lot of them are in the Bay Area because um, the architect couple, um, mm -hmm. Chuck Durrett and Katie McCammon, who brought the idea to, um, as you know, to mm -hmm. the States is based there. And then one in Seattle, um, which was an, an urban infill one. So I had those lined up. I wanted a more extended stays so that I could really experience the communities and, um, um, you know, see, 
uh, what works, what doesn't, best practices, mm -hmm. um, pain points. That, that's kind of the point of this journey is to identify those things, but also to see what's needed in this world and where I might fit in, what I'm good at, what's needed, how I might serve um, for my next right livelihood. So I want to live in co-housing and I want to work in this world next. Mm, um, okay. So those are the two reasons. So so that was all lined up and then um, Delta hit and, and sort of one by one, I was getting paused. I was all ready to stick my stuff in storage, you know, hit the road, go. And then I was paused and they were pausing their meal programs and not wanting outsiders in the community. And so I was like, yeah, now, now what do I do? Mm -hmm. um, so I decided to just go anyway and do what I could, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> sorry. Until, okay. um, <laughs> and of course I have no water here. So, oh, I have my tea, I have my tea. Um, so, uh, have a sip of tea, always good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, um, yeah, so I just, I, left my place, did put my stuff in storage. And I thought, what's possible? That's just, and, mm -hmm. I, and so I decided to um, sort of weave in, um, I'm calling this the pregame warmup because I, I do still intend to go to the communities where I was supposed to be. Um, mm -hmm. But this pregame warmup has like blossomed into um, six visits to 16 um, communities around the country. Wow. And then if you count the sort of tangential ones um, that aren't co-housing per se, but are maybe ways that co-housing could be built or other kinds mm. of intentional community that are sort of related, 20 communities. Wow. Um, so I, I actually just tallied it up getting ready for this. And I was like, oh my God, I'm kind of, <laughs> I've been around. <laughs> Nancy, I want to ask you, um, you know, we hear from people a lot who are saying like, oh, I'm not, I think I might go check out a co-housing community or I might go do, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit more? I know that you were focusing on urban, but can yeah. you talk a little bit about more like the actual process of going about contacting communities and deciding where to go. And then also like, how did you make that introduction? Where did, what did you do? Well, on this, this pregame warmup, I was very, as you know, cause you were on the receiving mm -hmm. end of it. I was very much flying by the seat of my pants. And so I was really kind of um, teeing up the next, cause there was personal travel involved in this, this leg of it as well. I hadn't seen my family in two years because of COVID and um, different people, a team in my life, people I wanted to see along the way. So I was really kind of winging it. And um, so when I teed up the original communities, it was much more, um, you know, an outreach with a background letter of what I'm doing and why, and, you know, how I wanted to come visit. And there was um, a lot more, um, you know, uh, pre-planning and thought. And, yeah. Um, Did most so communities view that as like, yeah, we're open to that and we get requests like that sometimes? Or were they like, this is so weird. It's the first time we've ever heard of this. I was just curious. Um, they, I, I'm trying to think which it was different. Mostly they were into it um, because mm -hmm. they, because um, I, I, I would try to find the person who was the act, kind of the activist in the yeah. community if I knew of them. Like, um, and then often that person was super busy. So I would have done enough research to know that there was maybe somebody retired also in the community who was in a, 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 like a co-housing proponent. Um, yeah. So that's happened at a few places where I start out with a high visibility person, but then the act my actual point person is the one who's very passionate about co-housing, but maybe has more time. 
yeah. um, to work with me. So that's, that's happened a couple of times. And um, so I, so kind of develop, a, and usually they're, they're, you know, they want to see more co-housing happen. So, um, and that's ultimately, you know, what I would like to have be an outcome of my, this odyssey. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they're pretty receptive. Um, and um, originally the, the stays were going to be cobbled together um, three to six weeks um, and a combination of staying in the guest room or in some places I had a, a, a community member hosting me, like if they wow. had a spare bedroom mm-hmm. um, and then um, like Airbnb nearby and, and commuting mm-hmm. to the place if, you know, to sort of cobble together the amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, so there was a little bit more planning in, in those stops that have yet to happen, but on the, and this pregame warmup that I've been on, it was really just, I would be, you know, on my stop before and then and, and actually, as I passed through each state, I'm like, okay, what's here yeah, using the co-housing, um, coho us directory. Yeah. Um, so, so- what. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to start getting to like, you know, turning the corner and saying, okay, so like, what did you discover? This um, is what our listeners want to know. So here oh, you okay, are on I this discover? journey and did, were there surprises or things that were confirmed for you or in terms of personally choosing co-housing? Because I know you set out with an intention of urban and multi-generational did have you experienced or seen anything that either confirmed or slightly modified that vision for yourself um mostly reaffirming yes i definitely want to do this um Mm -hmm. um, some surprises not all the places i kind of just assumed um all communities that call themselves co-housing um have a meal program but i'm finding that's not the case oh, really? everywhere you know huh. like, the, like the the you know what I think of as the um you know cooking in teams and a schedule and a um you know a frequency with which mm-hmm. the common meals happen and um because that's what I'm really looking forward to mm-hmm. um but several of the communities and two things have been messed up by COVID because a lot of places have, have paused their meal programs but even before COVID um they had maybe a potluck or a um, different different kind of thing that mm-hmm. surprised me. Um, um, some looseness with the um, like common facilities. Like I thought the law, you know, for ec- um, ecological reasons and community building reasons, that um, the laundry room was where everyone did their laundry, and but not so. A lot of places mm-hmm. um, they have the laundry room, but many people have their own. Mm-hmm. Um, just those are kind of nitty, nitty gritty little mm. things. Um, uh, something, yeah, mostly it's it's been pretty much as I thought it would be. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, I, I, guess, I haven't stayed at these places. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess because my next question was going to be because I've seen some statistics mm-hmm. uh, about correlation, not necessarily causation, but correlation between frequency of meals and the sense mm-hmm. of community and well-being. Yes. And maybe you haven't immersed yourself enough to really see a difference, but I'm going to ask you anyway, did you mm-hmm. see did you see anything that that, uh, you know, validated that or? Um, I didn't because I, I wasn't um, um, 
Well, actually, I did have a common meal when I was in Ann Arbor. The, there's the three community. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. So that's really the only common meal I went to. Okay. Um, actually, I went to two there. And um, they were just getting back into it. So not really well attended. A lot of people look sort of zipped by with their Tupperware and kind of, you know, took it back. They weren't comfortable, um, you know, being in the common house yet. That was early on. That was in the fall. Um, so I... Um, uh, yeah, I, ha- I I can't really, I read those same statistics and I mm-hmm. suspect it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, from firsthand experience, I can't really right. um, say, yeah. That'll be after your pregame phase. Yes, yes. <laughs> so what would be your takeaway, do you think, if you were talking to a forming community? I know that, that your future life may involve something like this, where you talk to forming communities. Mm-hmm. Well, what have you learned that you would say to a forming community? Um, oh, gosh. Um, to, well, I, I would, I would want, you know, because I've, the common meals, I think it's really the glue. And mm. to like invest, you know, we talked about this a little when we had our, our coffee date, um, to really invest thoughtfully in the, the kitchen, the, the organization of it, the frequency of it, the, um, I, I don't know, I, I don't, I, I don't know if I would, cons- if I were to consider a community that didn't have it, mm. I think I want assurance that they might let me like get it going. <laughs> I'd be willing to organize it. Um, you know, and I, but I, but I guess places that don't have it, maybe they have a reason for not having it. They, you know, they've already been through the discovery phase of, you know, it's not for them. Um, I just think it's really important. Um, Mm. and, and, um, so I would say either, yeah, I would, that for me personally, if I were choosing a community, I want it in place or be given the reins to Mm. create it. Um, Kelly, didn't you, didn't you um, get this going at a place that you lived in Colorado? Yeah, there were iterations of it. I was not the originator of it at all, but they had recently gone from one payment method um, that was not working for the community Mm -hmm. um, and needed to come up with a different way of going about it. Um, It also coincided with there've been some, you know, dietary changes in our, Mm -hmm. in our, you know, peer group, like it's a lot harder to get everyone to find something that they will eat in common Mm -hmm. than it was when um, the communities that I've lived in, when those communities started, there was just a lot more commonality. And, um, and so we worked out the logistics of how to figure out something that is, you know, acceptably common to everyone and that uh, the payment system worked out well without a whole lot of backend support. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, in that case, when I joined the community, there were regular meals happening. There just wasn't a meal program. So it's interesting because people who wanted to come and visit the community would, at that time, there were community meetings in person. This was pre-COVID. So they would come to the meal before the community meeting and then they would say like, oh, there are no community meals. Well, actually (laughs) there were plenty of community meals because every community meeting had a meal. Um, There were breakfasts that were happening. There were kind of all of these things, just the community had been going for so long. It didn't really take a formal um, program, but then people did want to have something that they could say, okay, on Monday nights, every Monday night, this is going to happen. And so uh, that was where we started to figure out the way that the um, payment processing system so it was, you know, it's interesting too with changing technology and changing um, diets. It's like everything has to evolve, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Did yeah. we, I forget if we talked about it, our coffee, um, the way um, Capitol Hill Urban Co-Housing does it. They um, did a, there's, there's actually, it's, it's a pretty brilliant program. Um, and they, um, in, in Seattle, and they, um, Sheila Hoffman um, and her husband, I'm forgetting, uh, I'm forgetting his name, but they um, co-presented at one of the virtual uh, Coho US um, mm. conferences on their meal program. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really well done. They they, and they take uh, dietary considerations like? and they um, the way they handle the payment and the uh, it's very thoughtfully done. And they do three meals a week. I don't know what they're doing now for COVID, but that that was their yeah. pre-COVID thing, three meals. So a what week. what about their plan? Did you like that you thought was well done, or you just were impressed by the the thoroughness of the thinking behind it? Um, well, that, but also. Um, how they handle the dietary restrictions um and they they cook um i believe you know they have every they have vegan vegetarian and omnivores and and i believe the um i haven't watched the video in a while but um they cook to vegetarian but there are those who are vegan can are you know there's something for them and they can bring their own like supplement to that if Mm -hmm. the meal they want um they, their team cooking is just really, or it's a thing and it's organized and, you know, you have to get a sub if you can't make it. And that, that's not, going to the meals is negotiable, but cooking for your shift is non-negotiable. So you have to get a mm-hmm. sub if you can't make it. And um, I forget what their payment was. I think it was no payment. Um, if I, I, I could be wrong on it. Yeah. But you buy the was, supplies if you're cooking and then you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which is easy, you know, and mm-hmm. then, um, uh, and it was just, um yeah, it just it just seems sort of um, simple, streamlined, organized, and they were all in. Um, and nice. yeah, so well, that's a really good. Actually, that's a very timely recommendation for us. Thank you for that because we just had in our workshop our retreat on Saturday. We launched one of the teams that's going to start looking at this. So I'll make sure that they get the link to that video on the. Co-host. Oh, okay, all right. I can uh, I can send it to you if I have. Oh, one. that would be fantastic, yeah. Nancy. That would save me a ton of digging around. They might um, be good ones to interview and hear. Um, yes, I think that, that yeah, yeah, maybe we could let our team that's getting that organized do the interview <laughs> and we can just record it. Yeah. Um, you know, I always like to ask people, I know it's a hard question to kind of answer cold because these things usually kind of popcorn, popcorn up out of a conversation over a longer period of time. But did you have any kind of amazing synchronicities or what are some of your favorite stories now that you've returned back to kind of regroup that you keep you keep coming back to like, oh, this thing happened when I was here or there? Or is there anything that comes to mind for you that you can pull out of your hat right now? Um, well, I yeah, I guess maybe my very first stop was one of well, how um, backtrack to how I got the idea for this was crazy synchronistic. I um I have been, you know, interested in co-housing, intentional community for a really long time. And I've, I've lived in co-housing-ish situations, but not pure. And um, I, I just, during COVID got clarity that, you know, either do something with this or stop having the dream. Like you can't keep like just <laughs> waffling around in here. So I, um, I gave myself the title of, um, intergenerational co-housing catalyst. I put it on LinkedIn, um, didn't really know exactly what that was. Um, and then 
really just a couple days later, I on um, Ted Radio, the um, so Grace Kim, who's one of the our right. organizers of mm-hmm. Capitol Hill co- uh, co- Urban Co Housing. Um, she was featured on this TED radio segment. The theme was loneliness, and her part of it was how her TED talk is how loneliness, mm-hmm. um, how co-housing helps stem loneliness and help you live longer, or something like that. So the 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 TED talk was excerpted on the segment, and so I'm just putzing around, and then I'm like, whoa, what? Wait, and um, <laughs> you know, so then I'm all you know, perked, ears perked, and um, and I I realized, oh, that helped me refine urban co-housing is really what I'm interested in. I, you know, I'm, I'm not like living in a, uh, around, a lot of them are, you know, around organic farms and whatever, that would mm-hmm. not be my jam, but urban, yes. And so I, um, yeah, so that really um, gave shape to my whole, you know, deep dive into the research. And then shortly after that, I was part of this mastermind with this intuitive business coach for four months. And we had to have a thing we were working on. Mm -hmm. And so mine was um, intergenerational co-housing catalyst. You know, how, what does that look like? How do I do that? And so, um, so then during the course of that four months, I got twice got these nudges. Well, yes, you've been wanting to do this forever, but you've never lived in it. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. what what about that? And, and, um, and then I got this like whoosh download, um, Urban intergenerational co-housing walk about nine months, and it was almost like, "Whoa, who said that?" And um, so that so that really sparked the whole journey. Um, that that made sense to me as a way to, you know, sort of rock that world, um, mm-hmm. and actually, you know, figure out: Do I want to do this? Do I want not want to do it? Where's where might my place in this world be? Where might I live? Or if I can't find a place, co-create. So so that was kind of you know, sort of um, good little uh, hit from somewhere. Um, <laughs> okay, so this is maybe an unfair question then because I know you just are back and mm-hmm. it takes some time to kind of uh, sort through and filter through all of those, uh, you know, nudges from the universe. But mm-hmm. what do you think is next for you? What do you think you'll do? Well, so right now I'm, I'm um, making my approach back to the Bay Area mm-hmm. um, and I, um, I, got a nudge to come here, Ojai, California. I've never been mm-hmm. here before, um, mm-hmm. but it's an energy vortex like Mount Shasta and Sedona. Yeah. Um, oh. And so I thought this might be a good place to sort of, you know, just sort of sift through. That's why this is so well-timed because it really, it's forced me to like, where have I been? <laughs> what have I, you know? Um, um, and uh, so I'm, I'm going to, um, I, so this has been the pregame warmup. I'm considering, you know, this getting back to the Bay Area, I'll now sort of synthesize, uh, reach out again to the places where I was paused and they're Bay Area based. So I'll mm-hmm. be by if they say, okay, come now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I so now I need to like retool the original plan, um, make those happen. And then nine months will be June. Um, and then I'll, I'll, we'll have sort of done my info gathering and, um, you know, sort of figure out what I, what I'm what I'm doing so yeah next yeah. wow so um it's inspiring to me you know I feel like I, I want to get on the road <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um it's it's been really it's been an exercise in just like letting go of the reins which mm. I'm like such usually such a little controller planner um and this has been kind of the opposite 
um, mm-hmm. where I just have done, you know, just where I am, where I'm going next. Okay, what's next? Um, um, and it's very been budged by intuition, fly by the seat of my pants, who says yes, who says no. Literally, when I was in the middle of the country, I didn't know whether I should turn right or left, like go back oh, wow. to the Bay Area and, um, or head um, to the East Coast and do that whole. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of my, um, a dear old friend, a lot, a lot of people when I was sitting out on this said, oh yeah, come stay with me, stay however long you want, you know, you know, mi casa es tu casa. Um, and a, a dear old friend who I was kind of counting on um, to be one of those stops, I said, I, I, you know, I, I can either go left or right. Can you, you know, can I stay with you for a bit? And it was, she just said, it, it's not a good time. And now I understand oh, wow. mother was not well and she has since passed and um she had two of her grown daughters living with her doing car you know it wasn't a good time but at the time mm-hmm. I was like wait what mm-hmm. um yeah. but that turned out to be a perfect um perfect thing um so I turned right and then that led to my whole east coast you know thing down to Florida and then back up through you know so the the journey this journey would not have been what it would have been had she said oh yeah fine come because that was like the comfortable place thing to mm-hmm. do just turn left and head back to the bay area so um yeah so it's um it's it's just been very much like what, what whatever putting things out seeing what comes back and then going with that right um, Nancy, your story makes me reflect on how different it is from mine. <laughs> I <got No. laughs> because mine was the exact opposite. I just like jumped in. I just did it with really no idea of what um, community would be like. And so therefore living in community really formed my um, perceptions of what community should be and is. And it's made me rethink this. I often say like the community, community is the people you are with. Mm-hmm. It isn't some other concept. It's the people right. you are actually, you know, in relationship with. So it's made me rethink that though, that perhaps the value in going and traveling around and meeting people first and looking at different styles of community, it gives you a meta sense of what community can be. Um, mm-hmm. I'll be interested to see if that translates for you personally or for you professionally. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I still believe that personally, if you move into a community, it doesn't really matter what you think community is because it is those people, you know? Right, it's that um, community. But, yeah, yeah, but from the meta perspective, you know, from a pro- professional perspective, I think it's it's really interesting that you've gathered this information. Very few people have traveled, unless mm-hmm. they're already working in development of co-housing, very few people yeah. have done that kind of a trip, so. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Well, thanks so much for stopping by today. We really appreciate, Nancy, you uh, stopping in on your way, you know, back to the Bay Area and checking in from the road. We'll be following you and see what what turns up for you and and we'll keep everyone posted on on where you are. And thanks so much to our listeners. We're so glad that you clicked on our episode today. For more information about our project, Cohousing Houston, go to www.cohousinghouston.com and subscribe to our newsletter. For general information about co-housing, we, like Nancy, like cohousing.org. We're really active on social media. So if you are uh, on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, please check us out under Co-Housing Houston. Thanks, everyone. Bye.